We're on Yevamos, the bottom of Nuntes Amid Beis 59b, and we are continuing on in our discussion about who a Kohen Gadol, who the high priest is allowed to marry and who they are not allowed to marry. Uh, once again, our learning should act as a merit for a complete and speedy recovery for Avi Chaim Ben Chava. Uh, just a quick introduction uh, before we begin the Gemara. We mentioned how the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, uh, is limited in terms of who they can marry, more limited than a regular Kohen. Uh, they're not allowed to marry somebody who is a widow. Uh, there are other limitations as well, um, including the fact that they have to marry somebody who is a, a besula, somebody who uh, is a virgin. We discussed in previous recordings what exactly does it mean that she is a besula, is it specifically the fact that she had a sexual, the she engaged in a sexual act, and that's what made her into no longer being a besula? Uh, what if she just lo- uh, she do- no longer has her hymen lining because of various external uh, reasons, uh, that things that uh, not not involving a sexual act? Um, so that is something which we discussed. However, there's an important distinction between these different uh, prohibitions. Um, and one, one, the, the, the primary distinction is that when it comes to the Kohen Gadol, the high priest marrying a Basula, first of all, it mentions it twice. It says that they have a mitzvah to marry a Basula, to marry uh, a virgin twice. It says it twice in the Torah. And also it says it in the positive. It says it that this is who they should marry, not as a negative commandment. With regards to all the other prohibitions, it says it in the negative form that a Kohen Gadol, the high priest, should not marry an Almana, a widow, or a regular Kohen should not marry somebody who is divorced, or a Zona, which is something that we've also discussed in the past, or a Chalala. Uh, it all says that in the negative. When it comes to a Basula, it says it in the positive, and there's an inference. There's a, The implication is that they're not, because there's a mitzvah to marry specifically a basula, a virgin, the implication is, is that they are not allowed to marry somebody who is not a basula. Uh, so that certainly is true. There still is a prohibition, but the way it's phrased is that it is in the positive as opposed to all the other uh, prohibitions. This will be significant uh, for our Gemara as we go through the Gemara. Uh, the Gemara now discusses Tanur We're towards the bottom the last few lines of 59b, moving on to 60a, we have the following brysa, and we will quote the brysa, and then we will analyze the brysa. The Gemara will analyze the brysa, and that's what we will discuss in today's recording. It says as follows, Anusas atmo umafosis atmo lo yisa, nasui. What happens in the following scenario, where the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, either uh, seduces a woman, but not in the context of marriage, but seduces a woman to have sexual relations with him, um, or he unfortunately, very unfortunately, rapes her uh, before marriage. Uh, so the, uh, which uh, unfortunately, uh, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest in the second temple, sometimes was not uh, a righteous person at all. Um, and so uh, what happens in such a scenario where he rapes uh a woman. So the halacha is outside the context of a Kohen Gadol, just the general halacha is uh, for both of these that uh, he either has uh, an obligation or the uh, the option of marrying them. Now, when it comes to seducing, so then he has an option of either uh, marrying her or paying a certain fine. When it comes to raping, uh, 
the unfortunate, very unfortunate scenario of raping. So then there is both. He has to pay a fine and also uh, he would uh, have an obligation to then marry her as well, assuming that she is willing to do so. Uh, he has an obligation to marry her. Um, so in such, in such a scenario, that is what happens outside of the Kohen Gadol. Now what happens if he's the Kohen Gadol who does this? So now we come into a problem because after he did this, uh, so now she's no longer a basula. She's no longer a virgin. And so therefore, uh, maybe they shouldn't get married. Should they get married or should they not get married? Is there this mitzvah to get married? So the Brisa says, first of all, you do not get married because it's a violation of this positive commandment to marry specifically a basula. So to marry somebody specifically who never had sexual relations before. However, says the Brisa, if they did get married, they are allowed to remain married. Which is very interesting because in general, when it comes to a biblical prohibition, uh, once they violate the prohibition, so then they're not allowed to remain married. Even if it's viewed as a legal marriage, they would have to get divorced. Uh, but here we say this is an exception to the rule that if they if they are if they are married, then they are allowed to stay married. Now we will see in the Gemara in the next couple of lines what exactly does this mean? Does it mean that they're actually allowed to stay married or not? That is subject to dispute. But we'll get there in a minute when we analyze this first part of the brisa. The second part of the Brisa says, Anusas Chavera Mufusas Chavera. What happens if it's not the Kohen Gadol who seduces this woman uh, or rapes this woman, but it's somebody else? Somebody else, but she, she engages in, in a sexual act outside the context of marriage. So the halacha is, Lo Yisa, certainly uh, the Kohen Gadol cannot marry her because she's not a Basula, she's not a virgin. However, Vim Nasa, if they do get married, the question is, what what is the status? Certainly they would have to get divorced. But the question is, what is the status of the child? What happens if they have a child together? In general, uh, we say that with regards to prohibitions for the Kohen or for the Kohen Gadol, either one, let's say the Kohen marries somebody who's divorced or the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, uh, marries a widow, their children are what's termed as a Chalal. If they have a child, the child is a Chalal. A Chalal is somebody who essentially is uh, disqualified from the kahuna. Uh, there are definitely a lot of specifics to get into in terms of a halal, which is not for now, but essentially he is disqualified from the kahuna. The question is, what about in this case? Uh, what about in this case where it is a uh, somebody else uh, seduced, had sexual relations with this woman outside the context of marriage, and now the Kohen Gadol marries her? So is the child a chalal or not? So Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Omer Havlad Chalal. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says the child is a chalal. But the Chacham argue the Chacham Omerim Havlad Kasher. The Chacham say that no, the child is not a chalal. The child is a regular Kohen. Now why would that, what exactly are they arguing about? The Gemara will also uh, discuss shortly what exactly are they arguing about. And hopefully we'll get to it in this recording. So those are two separate cases that the Bryce is discussing. One case is where the Kohen Gadol himself let's say, seduces uh, this woman, and then he wants to marry her. So essentially, he is the one who no longer made her into a basula, who made her that she's no longer a basula, she's no longer a virgin. So uh, she, he's not allowed to marry her. But if they get married, so then they are allowed to stay married. That is the first part of this brisa. And so the Gemara will now analyze this first part of this brisa. So there will be two different opinions within the first part of this brisa as to whether or not they are actually allowed to remain married. We'll see the first position, the position of Rav. Rav will say, you know what? They really have to get divorced. It doesn't really mean that they're allowed to remain married. 
when it says that they have to get ma- that they're allowed to remain married, it means only with regards to one area of halacha, which we will discuss in a second. However, Rav Ashi argues, Rav Ashi says no, uh, they are actually allowed to remain married, even though there was a prohibition for them to uh, have the marriage to begin with. But in fact, they are allowed uh, to remain married, which um, is not so simple because, as we pointed out a few minutes ago. We don't find this really anywhere else. We don't find such a concept that if there's a Torah prohibition for anybody to get married, so then uh, they're not allowed to remain married. But for some reason, these two people, they would be allowed to remain married. And so we would have to analyze that. Um, so just a little bit of the an- analysis before we even see the Gemara is that, first of all, there are some opinions, a minority of opinions, but there are some opinions who say the fact that they're not allowed to get married is actually... Only a rabbinic prohibition. On a biblical level, they are allowed to get married. Why are they allowed to get married? Uh, so part of it, definitely part of it, has to do with the fact that he was the one who had sexual relations with her to begin with. She is, she was a basula. She did not have sexual relations with anybody else. So perhaps that would be a reason to say why they are allowed to get married on a biblical level. On a rabbinic level, they said you shouldn't get married. And so then we can understand that if they do get married, they can stay married according to that approach. But that is a minority opinion. Most are of the opinion that there is a biblical prohibition for them to get married. However, once they get married, so then either Rav Ashi says they're allowed to stay married. We'll see that Rav says that they, in fact, do have to get divorced. But at least according to Rav Ashi, they are allowed to stay married. Why would they be allowed to stay married if there's a Torah prohibition for them to get married uh, to begin with? So then part of it uh, does have to do with the fact that maybe the prohibition is just on the initial marriage itself. That part of the prohibition is only on the initial marriage itself, that the initial marriage could only be with a besula, could only be with somebody who is a virgin, uh, somebody who never had sexual relations before. But once they are already married, so perhaps you could explain as follows, uh, maybe it needs a little bit more fine-tuning, but perhaps you could explain as follows, that with regards to every Kohen Gadol, their marriage, when they are married, so then as they go on through their marriage, she is no longer a virgin, she's no longer a uh, a basula because it only it's only for that initial act itself that initial sexual act itself in which she is a basula so maybe there is no prohibition moving forward maybe the entire prohibition is just at the very beginning at the very beginning of the marriage uh, he has to have sexual relations with a basula with somebody who is a virgin but with regards to the rest of the marriage uh, so then in all cases she's no longer a basula she is no longer a virgin um, and so therefore, maybe they are allowed to remain married and the prohibition is only in the initial act itself, perhaps. Now, that itself is not so simple uh, because if she was previously married um, or even if she was seduced outside the context of marriage, we say that everybody agrees that they, they would have to get divorced. So it needs a little more of an explanation, which we don't have time for, uh, but that would be perhaps the approach. Uh, so let's see the two opinions, whether or not they're actually allowed to remain married. Again, the cases where we have the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, who uh, marries essentially the woman that he had sexual relations with, either seduced or outside the context of marriage, either seduced or raped. So are are they allowed to remain married or not? They're not allowed to get married to begin with, but are they allowed to remain married or not? So Amar Avun Amar Rav. Rav says, Umotzi beget. This was the first opinion that no, they actually have to get divorced. It doesn't mean that they're actually allowed to get married and remain married. I mean, they do have to get divorced. Oh, but we said that they're allowed to remain married. What does it mean that they're allowed to remain married? It's only with regards to one area of halacha. Amar Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov says, Lomar, she'en mishalem knas 
b'mefusa. The idea is that she'ain mishalim knas mefusa. As we point, we pointed out at the beginning that if uh, somebody seduces uh, somebody else, so then they, they have the option of either paying a fine or getting married to, to this woman. Uh, that's the option that they have. So the point is that he does not have to pay this fine. They are viewed as married. They are viewed as married. They have to get divorced. But for that moment, until they get divorced, they are viewed as married, and therefore he would not have to pay uh, that fine. And that's what it means that they're married. They're married in the sense that he wouldn't have to pay this fine because he had this choice when after he seduced her to either marry her or to pay the fine. It is viewed as marriage. They do have to get divorced, though. They have to get divorced immediately, according to Rav. Um, but uh, he would not have to pay this fine. That is position number one with regards to this first case of the Brisa. So they said this in front of Rav Ashi, and Rav Ashi responded as follows. He responded, Why Kasha Rav Ashi asks, he says, I don't understand. He says that when it comes to a Bogaris, we know that Rav and Rav Yochanan, they both say, the same Rav, he says that when it comes to a Bogaris and Mukasait, Bogaris, as we pointed out in previous recordings, is somebody who is above the age, a woman who is above the age of 12 and a half. According to some opinions, uh, the Kohen Gadol cannot marry a, a, a woman who is above the age of 12 and a half because she already naturally lost uh, some of her hymen lining. It's, it's, it was removed just naturally by getting older. And similarly, a Mukas Eitz, uh, the case where she loses her hymen lining from, not from sexual relations, but just from literally, it means a stick, but it means from some external source, how she loses her hymen lining, but not from the sexual act itself. In both of those cases, the Kohen Gadol cannot marry her. Let's say the Kohen Gadol cannot marry her. Uh, but the, the law is, Rav and Rav both say that if they get married, so then they are allowed to stay married. Why are they allowed to stay married? So perhaps it's based on the idea. This idea that in the end of the day, she's going to end up being, let's say, the Kohen Gadol married somebody who's below the age of 12 and a half, the way you're supposed to. Or somebody who was originally a basula, originally a, a virgin. It's going to happen over time that she'll, she'll reach above the age of 12 and a half. She'll, uh, she's going to lose her dam basum. She's going to lose her hymen lining at some point, and they're allowed to remain married. So the prohibition is only at the beginning of the marriage. It's not as you, uh, as you move on through the marriage. And so therefore, they're allowed to stay married, even though they weren't allowed to get married to begin with. They're allowed to stay married. So Rav Ashi wants to say, so too over here. True, the case here is not where she loses her hymen lining just naturally uh, or just through some external source, but it's through sexual relations. But in this case, it's through sexual relations that she had with the Kohen Gadol, with the high priest. So maybe in this case, so similarly, they're actually allowed to stay married. If it's the fact that she 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 is no longer a virgin, she had sexual relations with somebody else, not the Kohen Gadol, okay, then they are, have to get divorced. But here, it was with the Kohen Gadol, so maybe here too, they are allowed to remain married. Maybe, and so he asks this as a question because this is within Rav. So he says, Rav is the one who says that the Bogaris, the woman who's above the age of 12 and a half, or the Mukas 8, uh, they're allowed to remain married. Uh, so, so to over here, maybe they should be allowed to remain married. And it's a question because Rav here says that they would have to get divorced. So Rav Ashi seems to be of the opinion that says that, you know what, they really should be able to remain married. And this is the dispute between uh, what Rav Huna said in the name of Rav and how Rav Ashi understood understands uh, Rav. That is all the first half of the Brisa. The first half of the Brisa discusses the 
the marriage between the Kohen Gadol and the woman that he himself seduced, or he himself had sexual relations uh, unwillingly through rape. Uh, the second half of the Brisa discusses a different case. It discusses a case where is somebody else has sexual relations with a woman outside the context of marriage, either seducing her or uh, through uh, the unfortunate scenario, very unfortunate scenario of rape. Um, and there was a dispute between Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov and the Chachamim whether or not the child is a Chalal. What exactly is, th- is that dispute about is what the Gemara is going to get into now. Um, and even though we pointed out that when it comes to all the other prohibitions between a Kohen and whoever they're prohibited to be with, whether it's a, a regular Kohen and somebody who's divorced or a Kohen Gadol and a widow, the child is a Chalal, why would this case be different? That's what the Gemara will discuss. So let's see this inside. The Gemara says... Uh, Amar Avuna, Amar Rav, Halacha Kerbalazer ben Yaakov. Rav says we follow the position of Kerbalazer ben Yaakov to say that the child is in fact a chalal. The child is a chalal. V'chein Amar Rav Gidol, Amar Rav Halacha Kerbalazer ben Yaakov. And so too Rav Gidol says that we follow the position of Kerbalazer ben Yaakov that the child is a chalal. There's a different version. Ikadamri, Amar Avuna, Amar Rav. Rav says, what's the reason? My time is Kerbalazer ben Yaakov. What is the logic behind Kerbalazer ben Yaakov to say that the child is a chalal? Seemingly, that the the fact that they ask what's the logic to say that the child is a chalal, that the child is disqualified from the kuhuna, implies that one would have thought naturally, or initially, one would have thought that the child is not a chalal. Why would you assume that? So let's say the reason why you would assume that is because we pointed out that in our introduction to this recording that when it comes to marrying a basula, marrying a virgin, it's phrased very differently. It's not as a negative commandment, but it's as a positive commandment. The Kohen Gadol should marry the Basula in the positive sense, not as a negative a commandment, but it's, it's only prohibit, a prohibition as an inference that he should marry a Basula. He cannot marry, therefore he cannot marry somebody who is not a Basula, not a virgin. Uh, so, uh, so the fact that it's phrased differently, so that could definitely play a role. And we could say that maybe the Chalal, the status of a child being a Chalal, disqualified from Kahuna, only applies to prohibitions that that are with regards to a negative commandment, that are phrased as a negative commandment, not phrased as a positive commandment. However, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says the child is a chalal. Why does he follow this position? So the Gemara is going to have two different reasons. Answer number one is as follows. What's the reason? It's because he holds like Rabbi Lazar. Who is Rabbi Lazar? Rabbi Lazar is the position that we had, that we mentioned in uh, last week's recording. Rabbi Lazar is of the position that any time two people have sexual relations that is not for the sake of marriage, that, meaning, and also, it's a, it's a prohibitive relationship, that makes her into a zona, makes her into the status of a zona, and a Kohen, even an ordinary Kohen, not the Kohen Gadol, not the high priest, is not allowed to marry a zona. Anytime a woman has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, um, or in a prohibitive relationship, that turns into her into a zona, and then... It, it, it is really a negative commandment for even a Kohen. Forget about the Kohen Gadol, but even for a Kohen uh, to to, ma- to be married to her. And so therefore, essentially, it's true. The initial prohibition was not mentioned in the negative. It was mentioned in the positive, that she should marry a Basula. And he ended up marrying somebody who was not a Basula, who was not a virgin. It was mentioned in the positive. That itself would not make the child into a Chalal. But once he does that, so that now she's a Chalal. Now, sorry, now she's a zona. Now she's a zona because she now had sexual relations in a prohibitive way or outside the context of marriage. And so therefore she's a zona. And now when, he, when the Kohen Gadol has sexual relations with her, now he's in a violation of a negative commandment and that will turn her into a 
Chalal. But you have to follow the position of Rebbe Lazar in order to say this. Because Rebbe Lazar has the unique position to say that a zona is somebody who uh, has sexual relations outside the context of a regular marriage. So you have to follow the position of Rebbe Lazar. So the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute. Slow down. The Gemara essentially asks, but we follow the position of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov. We follow this position of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov that the child is a chalal. And if he's completely based on the position of Rebbe Lazar, not to be confused, they're both Rebbe Lazar, uh, slightly different, but it's a different Rebbe Lazar. If we follow, follow the, one's Rebbe Lazar, one's Rebbe Lazar, uh, if we follow the position of Rebbe Lazar who says that a zona, if, if he's based on the position of Rebbe Lazar that a zona is a woman who has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, and he's a minority opinion. And we said, Rav Amr says, we don't follow that position. So then how can we say that the halachas are like Rav Lezer ben Yaakov? Rav Lezer ben Yaakov is somebody who is referred to as Kavanaki. He doesn't talk uh, that much, but when he talks, he's naki, he's straight, he's clean, he's correct. Uh, but if he's based on the position of Rav Lezer, who says that she becomes a zona because she's having sexual relations outside the context of a regular marriage, or outside of marriage, uh, but we don't follow that position. So how can we say that we follow, the halacha follows Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov, that the child is a halal, if he himself is based on the position of Rebbe Lazar, and we don't follow Rebbe Lazar. So how can we, how can we say the halacha is like Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov if he's based on a position that we don't follow? That is the question of the Gemara, if we assume that, uh, that the, uh, that the halacha is, uh, that Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov is, is based on this position of Rebbe Lazar. So the Gemara says that it can't be. Kasha, it's a, it's, a, it's a strong question. So that was suggestion number one. We had a que- question on suggestion number one, and now we are moving on to suggestion number two. What is the logic of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov? I apologize, the recording will last for a little bit longer than 20 minutes uh, in order to cover uh, uh, this, uh, this recording, uh, to, to finish this topic. So the Gemara continues and says, you know what? Ravashi, Amar Ravashi says... This is the position of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. B'yeish chala mechayve asay kamifligi. Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov sabri yeish chala mechayve asay. Rebbanan sabri en chala mechayve asay. Essentially, Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, he's not based on Rebbe Lezer. This whole uh, fancy answer, this first suggestion that, you know what, the, it's true, it's a positive, uh, it's mentioned in the positive for Kohen Gadol to marry a basula, but in the end it really turns into the violation of a negative commandment because once he has sexual relations with her, so now she becomes a zona, according to Rebbe Lezer. No, that's not the logic. Really, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov holds that the child could be a halal even if it's a violation of a positive commandment. The Kohen Gadol has to marry the Basula. He doesn't. That's a violation of a positive commandment. Uh, but the child is still a halal. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov holds the child is a halal even if it violates only a positive commandment. While the Rabbanon, the position that argues, says the child is not a halal because the child can only be viewed as a halal, as disqualified from the Kuhuna if... His parents, the Kohen or the Kohen Gadol, they uh, marry somebody who, uh, which is a prohibitive relationship, but it's a negative commandment, like marrying a widow for the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, or for the regular Kohen to marry a Grusha, marry somebody who's divorced. That is the violation of a negative commandment. And so the Rabbanan, the position that argues, says that the child is only kosher, is only a halal if it's a violation of a negative commandment. This is a case where the Kohen Gadol violates a positive commandment by not marrying a Basula, uh, by marrying somebody who is not a Basula, and so therefore the child is kosher, according to the Rabbanan. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov says that no, even if it's a violation of a positive commandment, because it says the Kohen Gadol should marry a Basula, the child is still a Chalol. What are they, what, what's their argument based on? My time of Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, based on the verse itself. The verse says, The verse first says 
that uh, the Kohen should not marry the widow, meaning referring to the Kohen Gadol, or somebody who's divorced, or a Chalala, or a Zona, and then it says, it's Eila Lo Yikach. It breaks, it, it, the, the verse itself uh, breaks off and says that these, the, uh, the Kohen Gadol should not marry, and then it continues, uh, that's in the negative, and then it says, Ki Im Besula, but he's, he should, in the positive sense, he should marry a Besula. And then the, the, uh, the next, the, 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 the Pasuk continues, and it says, V'lo yichalel zaro bi'amav. In the very next verse, it says, V'lo yichalel zaro bi'amav, uh, referring to the fact that uh, he shouldn't make his children into a chalal. He shouldn't make his children into people who are disqualified from kuna. The fact that the two psuk and the two verses are next to each other, so then that teaches us that everything that applies to the previous verse is what creates a chalal. So even the basula, even the positive commandment, of marrying a basula would create the child to be, would make the child into a chalal. That's the position of Rabbi Ben Yaakov. The Rabbanon argue, Rabbanon Inin. We pointed out that it says these the Kohen Gadol should not marry, and then it moves on with the with the basula. It sort of differentiates between the widow, the one who's divorced, the zona, and the basula. There's a break in the pasuk, and the Rabbanon, the arguing position, holds that the reason why there's this break is to tell us that we only have a chalal for the first part of the pasuk, for the first part of the verse. Of which is a negative commandment, not for the, not when uh, it's a situation of marrying somebody who's not a basula, which is a in the positive sense, um, and that's the position of the rabbanan. So the gemara continues for a little bit. Rav Lazar ben Yaakov, Omar, Rav Lazar ben Yaakov says, why why do we break this off? nida to teach you about not the cases of the pasuk itself of the verse itself, but it's there to teach you about a nida that if a kohen uh, has relations with some a woman who is a nida, woman a woman who uh, had her period and never went to the mikvah, uh, so then the child is not a chalal. We have Ela to teach you that case, the child is not a chalal. But all the cases in the Pasuk itself, all the cases in the verse itself, the child would be a chalal. And that's the position of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. Um, so the Gemara then says, Keman uh, Azal Hadatanya, we have a few more lines. The following Bryce, so who is this like? It says, Me'ela Tosachal Biyata Tosachalal. Minida, Keman, Krabblazer, Ben Yaakov. Ah, Krabblazer, Ben Yaakov, Nichlevay, Le'ele, Le'basof, Kasha. We had a bright, the Bryce that says, um, from these, from the, all the cases in the Pasuk, that the child is a Chalal, meaning, uh, someone who's divorced, a widow, a Zona, and a Basula, and a case where the Kohen Gadol doesn't marry a Basula, that creates a Chalal, but it doesn't make a Chalal if the Kohen marries or has sexual relations with somebody who's a Nida. That's like Krabblazer, Ben Yaakov. Okay, the Bryce is like Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov. Then the Gemara says, if this is the position of Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov and it's coming to exclude something outside the case of the Pasuk, but not within the Pasuk itself, so then why, in fact, does the Pasuk, why does the verse sort of break off and differentiate between all those other cases of the widow, of the woman who's divorced, of a Chalala, of a Zona, and then the case of the positive sense of marrying a Basula, why does it differentiate between the two? So the Gemara says, Kasha, that in fact is a, it's a question. It's a good question. Why, according to Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, the verse itself differentiates between the two. According to the Rabbanon, according to the position that argues, so it makes sense. It differentiates between the two because it's there to tell you that the Chalal is only with regards to the first cases where it's mentioned as a negative commandment, but the child of uh, the violation of a positive commandment of somebody who's not a Basula, the child is not a Chalal. That makes sense according to the Rabbanon. However, according to Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, it really, in the end of the day, is a strong question. Why is it that the that the verse itself differentiates uh, between the first cases and the case of Basula, if there is no halachic difference between the two with regards to the Chalal. Why does it differentiate between the two? That itself is a strong question.
question. So that is, we went a little bit longer, but that's the uh, end of that entire discussion uh, in the Gemara, and we will move on to a new discussion in the next recording.